Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey y'all, Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. 2019 NFL Draft Talk continues despite my deep obsession with 2020. Then next year is always better. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a the best offensive lineman on the Texans roster. And with me, as always, is AJ. If you draft all the DBs, one will work out. A Tampa, Marchese. Just throw picks at it, I guess, at this point. I don't know. Bad picks, though. Let's get there anyway. Today, we're going to continue our division-by-division draft grades with the AFC (laughs) and NFC South. Let's hit it. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby Going out to Vegas maybe Looking for a young or a two Don't draft a running back on the first day Don't draft a running back on the second day Maybe draft one on the third Or don't Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of sites to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, yellow dot good deals, and red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. You know who else has the tickets to not making the playoffs now thanks to their draft class? The Houston Texans of the AFC South. They're going to make the playoffs. Maybe. maybe. That's a big ol' maybe in a tough division. It's a big ol' maybe when yeah. you're just taking... Big old projects at your most important positions of need. <laughs> I mean, it can't be worse, or can it? I could, uh, I could have used just guys who went in the third round to fix their first, second, and second, second round picks. Anyway, let's dive in on the Houston Texans. Uh, kicking off, they shocked the world, and with the twenty-third overall pick, took Alabama State tackle Titus Howard. Did they shock us, Rob? We knew they don't know what they're doing with the offensive line position. It just looks so bad because the Eagles cut them, traded up to 22, took Andre Dillard, Washington State tackle, who was exactly what Houston needed. Yep. And then they reached for Titus Howard, who to me was never even a top 100 player. 
No, me neither. I mean, I would take a shot on him in the fourth round. Even the third round. Even the third round. Back into the third round, like where Yadney Kajust went. Yeah, I think I like Kajust better. Oh, no. I was taking Kajust in the second round. Yeah, I know. Uh, Yeah, I don't like this pick. I don't think this pick is going to work out. He's a big-time project. They just need guys to go and be good. Just take safer picks. It's a bad situation for him because for him to pin up, he's big and he's athletic. But he's so raw. You don't know if he's a left tackle or a right tackle because, like, Alabama State was just rotating from possession to possession. <laughs> and um, he needed time to sit, and this is the team where he's going to be thrown into that. Probably, mm-hmm. if he's not starting left tackle, then uh, he's going to probably be starting right tackle because the tackles are Matt Khalil, uh, Rick Leonard, Bucknell, Julian Davenport, <laughs> and Max Sharping, who was also a reach in the second round. Because I'm assuming yeah. Martinez Rankin's kicking inside. I mean, he should be. He, was, he had a rough rookie year, but yeah, you sh- they should definitely kick him inside. Uh, yeah, so that that was a big old reach. Then two two Fair second bit. round picks for them. Fifty uh, fourth, they took Kentucky corner Lonnie Johnson, who is the definition another of uh, the like upside. Gonna get overdrafted. Another guy who I didn't see as a top one hundred player. Uh, nor did I. He's already Burns esque where. The athleticism, the size, it all looks good in theory, and then he just bites on so many double moves. He's a complete technical mess. He uh, he just seems lost on the field a lot. Just a guy who's not going to be able to play for two years, in my opinion, for him to really truly pan out and develop. I, I And those are their two biggest needs, tackle and corner. Yeah, and they just... Drafted absolute yeah. projects. And then after Johnson, they go 55th. They take Northern Illinois tackle Max Sharping. See, okay, so it, like Howard, I would not have been shocked to go, you know, in the top 40 picks. We also heard, yeah. And then Lonnie Johnson, I also expected to go top 60. Sharping, I didn't. <laughs> I think this one kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, because he doesn't have the, know. at least with Howard and Johnson. You, There's a lot of hype. Yeah, there there was yeah. there was whispers they could go earlier than expected. Yeah, and like some people mm-hmm. at, at least did like them, like to the point yeah, where like, they talk know, about ath- them as like top 100 picks. Yeah, athletic projects and yeah, exactly. Sharping doesn't really check any of those boxes, and they took him 55th the second round. Yeah, and to me, I like I liked him in the fourth round ish, fourth fifth mm-hmm. as a swing tackle who can uh, maybe play some like a Billy Turner type of lineman where. He's gonna be a nice backup. Maybe have to start down the road. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. And now they're there. like their I'd, offensive line as a whole. In theory, their tackles because they paid Matt Khalil a weird amount of money. So I'm assuming they're penciling him in as their probably their starting left tackle. I think Titus so. Howard's mm-hmm. gonna be their starting right tackle. Yeah. Then uh, uh, their center's gonna be Nick Martin. I'm assuming with Martinez ranking at one of the guard spots and potentially Max uh, Max Sharping at the other one. Zach Fulton's there too, but yeah, uh, who or knows? Sh- Sharping's depth for because I know Khalil's on a one-year contract. So either way, you're planning on starting Titus Howard and Max Sharping, both of them at least by year two. Yes, that's bold as hell. Uh, Poor Deshaun Watson. <sighs> Yeah, that's it. Didn't work out great. I wonder if like just fate would have fallen better if if they ended up getting Dillard. You know I feel like I mean? they would may not have been felt as gung ho on Sharpie. Yeah, as yeah, forced to take him mm-hmm. because I don't know. I just 
So strange. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I thought their first three picks were the worst first three picks of the entire draft. <laughs> and they were top 55 picks. And, and yeah, they, they did very well. Luckily, poorly. their next three picks I was a fan of. Uh, 86th, third round, they took San Diego State tight end Kahal Waring, who, one I of my guys. I think it's a good player and a good fit. I think they're looking at the run two tight end sets with him and probably uh, Jordan Thomas. Wow. To, to rain on the parade a little bit, it just makes the Jordan Akins pick look so much worse. The thing is, Akins, because uh, obviously um, B.O.B. being from New England, Akins fits mm-hmm. that Aaron Hernandez role better than Jordan Thomas does in theory. Yes. If that's what you're going for with the two tight end sets and then warring as your Rob Gronkowski in theory because he's uh, yeah. more of a classic inline guy with size, go up. Uh, so I, Ooh, that'll well, be yeah. interesting to see who ends up that tight end too because Jordan Thomas totally outplayed him last year. It wasn't even and close. Like, jo- yeah. Jordan Thomas was one of the best rookie tight ends last year. Like probably yeah. top, three. top three. Yeah, I agree. And, he was. Um, so he's just a really odd they, guy where yeah. – He's he's quite athletic considering his size. He just built like Algie Crumpler where he looks like he could be a lineman. Yeah, you know. So that'll be interesting to see who who's doing what there. But I think Warren can ultimately mm-hmm. be their true tight end in line tight end one. Um I, I yeah, I think I think I agree. It's gonna be interesting. Like, you're right. He blocks with effort, he can go up and get it. He's like Todd Heap. Um and then fifth round. Big ol' steal. Texas defensive lineman Charles Amenehue, who I had as a top 40 player, falls to 161. Um, a guy who's, a, I think, a really good fit for that defensive line. I agree. Uh, Second-round player for me as well. I think this is an absolute steal. And yeah, inside-outside a bit for Amenehue. Um, it's going to be interesting. I guess they're just going to play him at five or what? Yeah, so I'm thinking three-man fronts. He can potentially be uh, uh, their starting five-tech. Mm-hmm. And then four-man fronts, like, put on passing downs, you're looking at J.D. Clowney, J.J. Watt, hand in the dirt uh, with um, Amenahue. Or, sorry, Watt and Amenahue on the inside, uh, Clowney and, um, oh, boy. Time uh, yeah, Whitney Merciless at edge. And then uh, rundowns, you're looking at uh, a D-line of Watt, Amenahue, Reader, Reader. With, and, and Clowney, technically. No, yeah, uh I didn't really think about that. The, 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 like they used to be pretty deep at five tech, but uh, not as deep as they used to be. So a man who could be at least contributing in, in the versatility fits exactly what yeah. Patriots staffs like in defensive linemen. Um, mm-hmm. I love his That's length. That's a home run of a pick. Like the length, the explosiveness, yeah. and pass rush it upside for an interior yeah. D line is huge. I think he could yeah. be one of the biggest steals of the entire draft. I agree. Uh, and then 195th. They took Central Michigan corner Xavier Crawford, who I think is a way more better, way better value there than Lonnie Johnson was in the second round. And uh, Crawford's a guy who's physical despite being a little bit undersized, and I think can ultimately find a role as a nickel. Um, mm-hmm. And he's not gonna he's not gonna have to play as a rookie. Also, is a huge bonus. No. Um, yeah. But just a developmental starter uh, with nickel upside to me. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um... Their corner group is, is another weird group, to be honest. But Yeah, because it's like Jonathan Joseph's never going to die because they don't know how to develop anybody else. And even though he's uh, past yeah. his prime, he's just going to have to keep playing. 
Yeah, and they brought Roby in, and Colvin's Colvin's good. But yeah, I, th- I think their top three corners are going to have to be Roby, Joseph, and Colvin. Yeah. Colvin at nickel. Yes, for sure. And then Justin Reed and Sean Gibson. Yeah, that's. I think that's the starting second. And then a is nice back up there. Anyways, um, yeah. don't draft fullback. Yeah, and then because it's a Patriots staff, they drafted in the seventh round Texas A&M fullback Colin Glaspie. Yeah, uh, don't draft full But he did wear the 12 for the 12th man at AM. So don't forget it. That doesn't it. make sense. Should be, re- should be retired anyways. Don't forget it. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so he'll be uh, their fullback in special teams ace. Um, Sweet. A- anyway, I ultimately gave him a C. The warring Amenehue and Crawford picks I was big fans of. I thought Amenehue, yeah. like I said, one of the biggest steals of the draft. Warring's a perfect fit. And Crawford's a guy I was just a big fan of late in the draft. Mm-hmm. I gave them a C minus. Uh, I think, like you said, Amenhue's a great pick. Uh, don't draft fullbacks. Crawford's uh, probably low. I think I'm a little lower on Warring and Crawford than yeah. you. But I like the Warring. I like like they're both good picks. And then the first three picks are just yeah. terrible. Uh, okay, the Indianapolis Colts who traded back because Chris Ballard's a genius um, and traded their way out of the first round. Their first pick coming 34th mm-hmm. overall in the second round. Temple corner Rocky Sin. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I think it's. A I don't thing. think anyone was surprised when they made that pick. Uh, no, I, I felt like it was either going to be Rocky Sin or Debo Samuel. Either way, I, I was going to really enjoy that fit. Mm-hmm. Um, Ballard's shown that he loves a, a, a physical corner who's willing to tackle. That's Rocky Sin. Give yeah. corners one of their biggest needs. Probably comes in and competes for a starting job right away. I'm guessing their starting outside corners will end up being him and Pierre Desir. At least I by the so. midway point, yeah. with uh, yeah. probably Ken, like, Ken, Kenny Moore at nickel, and then uh, Malik Cooker uh, obviously is their free safety. Free safety. Strong yeah. safety is a little up in the air, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Yusim, perfect fit. I know some people thought this was too rich. Some people thought he was a first round pick. This was right away where I, I I had him like thirty six or thirty eighth on my board, so right around where I had him. I think the value is exactly right. I and agree. he's a guy who keeps getting better, and we know how competitive he is after that senior bowl, even it's if he did get cooked a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> a couple times. But, I mean, Debo was so great. Yeah. Uh, and then 49th overall, they took TCU edge Ben Banigou, um, who another guy lots of people are kind of all over the place on. Super yeah, athletic guy. Sure. I was really into him in the summer. Then yeah. uh, kind of like he fell off a bit to me. And then... By the mm. end, I think I had him in like not not in my top one hundred, like just outside of it. But I think the fit's I think really he was, strong. I think yeah, he's a late third round guy to me, I believe. Oh, uh, the athleticism is because yeah, to me, he's a Bruce Irvin type of player where he's a bit of a tweener between yeah. off ball edge. Like he's best as a Sam linebacker. He's gonna come in there. They needed a Sam linebacker. Uh, and he's going to compete right away to be the starting Sam linebacker, I think. And um, Eberflus is such a creative defensive coordinator. I think he'll have yeah. Benegu playing with his hand in the dirt, playing out. Um, and really what killed Benegu as uh, a, like a big-time edge prospect, he just wasn't flexible on the edge enough. But like mm-hmm. in a Sam role, I think it's a very good fit for him as he develops. And then it gives you him, him and Darius Leonard as your outside linebackers uh, going forward. I like that a lot. It's it's honestly interesting to see how they're constructing this defense. I big agree. I, I, that's the thing. I didn't when, when I looked at their draft class. I didn't love every pick in terms of value, 
but the fits yeah. they Ballard knows what he wants and what he wants like their next pick here 59th yeah. overall second round Paris Campbell Ohio State receiver not a guy I love but I think he's a perfect fit yeah I think he's gonna be so much fun in that offense too like I, again I don't love him either I think that's but like it's where I expected him to go it's, 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 it's later pick. than I expected him to go I thought the NFL would way overdraft yeah, yeah. Him. and uh mm-hmm. Like he's a guy who I think I had in the '90s, and uh, mm-hmm. but this is the ideal team for him. Like he's going to be their starting slot from day one. He's yeah. uh, their their passing attack uh, is a, is built a lot on short crossing stuff, which is where yeah. Paris Campbell thrives. Just get the ball in his hands. He's dominant after catch. Percy Harvin type of receiver, um, and yeah. just get creative with him, which I think they will because Frank Rake's a genius. <laughs> You're such a Colts fan. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The Colts are my my favorite. Were my favorite team to watch last year, and my second yeah. favorite team probably entering the se- season. So I mean, I'm honestly excited to see like like they they obviously the defense was really good last year, but you know they weren't they didn't have all their right guys. You know what I mean? So this draft maybe felt like you're getting the idea of what they're going for. Mm-hmm. Because uh, like a lot, just a lot of free agents or leftover dudes on that team. Anyways, and then 89th, they took linebacker Bobby Okariki from Stanford, who a guy you're a big fan of. Um, I like Okariki. Yeah, he was like kind of one of your guys, wasn't he? You're talking about him forever. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like he's been a, a guy I liked for like the last two seasons at Stanford. First, just watching him in games and then the tape. Putting the tape on, I didn't. End up like I think um, I had him early fourth. So okay, like, pretty much. So I was same. higher on him than you. This is right where I had him top one hundred. Um, uh, I can check. I don't remember now. But yeah, go on, keep talking. I like Okariki. Apparently not. Uh, yeah, no. So I had Okariki right around like ninety third or something on my board. Uh, mm-hmm. love his length and athleticism. He's got like crazy yeah. long arms. I uh, thought very strong coverage. I think ultimately their starting linebacking core going forward, um, will end up being. Darius Leonard at weak side, Bobby Okereke in the middle, and Ben Banigou, uh at strong side. And that's a super athletic group. And that's like, Okariki's not going to have to play, Banigou might not have to play much either. As rookies, and like yeah. Anthony Walker is there. And it, I, I'm not a huge Anthony Walker fan. I think he's solid. Um, but you just have a lot more upside in Okariki. Uh Oh, sorry. This is like, like exactly where yeah, I was. Yeah, see, that's what I yeah, thought. I You're trying to tell right. me I'm wrong about what you think? Fool. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but no, another guy who just adds more athleticism. Their defense flies around; it's really physical, and that's what he brings to the table. Yeah, I, that that th- trio, eventual trio, is gonna be really fun. To be and then the fourth. I mean, we already know Leonard's a stud. Yeah. Stop interrupting me today, fool. <laughs> no, Talking. The, I'm sorry. Oh my god. Then in the fourth round, they took Michigan State uh, safety Curry Willis. Another guy I thought was uh, a little early for me, but the fit is prime. Mm-hmm. Um. He's in like that Pat Chung uh, style of strong safety, who can come down, match up with tight ends, can play in the box, really physical player, uh, the perfect complement in style to Malik Hooker, and um, I think can eventually be their starting strong safety opposite Malik Hooker. I think that's fair. Uh, I think a little rich for me, but I think yeah, good fit. I agree. With and you. he's gonna add a ton on special teams, which is another thing. And mm-hmm. so, t- to me, their first one, two, three, four, five picks are all perfect fits in terms of scheme and uh, and what Ballard likes in a player at that position. Yeah. And then the rest of their picks are kind of just high upside athleticism and versatility, which I'm 
okay with, even though I hate Marvell Tell, who they took in the fifth round out of USC DB. Yeah. Long, athletic guy who played safety at USC. I think they took him to be a corner, to be honest. It's going to be an interesting exper- experiment. His, his length and athleticism are so interesting, and he just... His, his effort level was really inconsistent. I, I couldn't buy into him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised he went this early because of the the name and uh, athleticism. But uh, Yeah, no, it, it was, yeah. Seemed like he'd be like a solid special teams guy if he worked hard. But, yeah, definitely seemed like a half, lots of half-assing from him. But the athleticism And good. then their other fifth-round pick, EJ Speed <sighs> from Tarleton State. A surprising pick. Uh, guy who's basically drafting to be a special teams linebacker because of the athleticism. Uh, I don't know if he'll make the team. Probably ends up on the practice squad. Uh, on the all-name team, though. Just another guy who they're kind of betting on day day three athleticism uh, and size. Yep. And, like, yep. really raw player who played all over at Tarleton State. Um, and then six-round Jerry Green, who's a high – another thing they, they tend to do, they draft guys who are captains. Jerry Green, Mississippi State's captain, even though wasn't their best defender when they had a bunch of really mm-hmm. good ones. Uh, and he's yeah. versatility to play edge and linebacker. Um, so I thought made sense fit wise. Uh, not like a slam dunk pick, but a solid pick there. Yep, and then off to line depth in the seventh yeah, round. Yeah, with Jackson Barton from Utah and Javon Patterson from Ole Miss. Barton is a swing tackle. Patterson can play all three interior spots. So like you said, pa- I thought Patterson had a pretty nice senior bowl too. So he was solid. Um, but yeah. Like I, the thing is, with their offensive line so solidified, just getting depth guys like that is very solid that late. I agree. Uh, I give them a B plus. Solid B for me. Again, I think the the the, the difference just for like, me, the, like the, to get yeah. the B plus, was I really really like the fit, and I like that Ballard mm-hmm. yeah. sticks to his guns uh, in terms of philosophy, and uh, he's shown he's one of the best GMs. Yeah, I think like this could end up being an extremely good draft like better than we anticipate but like i kind of want to see how he uses everyone on the field and i think a lot of roles are clearly defined but the defense i mean more and, and that but yeah it was like the same thing last year where it was like a lot of guys who maybe it wasn't the best value but then the fit mm-hmm. was so strong like i remember people were outraged with darius leonard at times when he was picked there and obviously he was yeah. dominant as a rookie um <laughs> yeah. and like naeem hines who's another guy who i really liked uh in some Looks like me and Chris Ballard are the same person. No, but like they just, they're so good for drafting for fit with Ballard in charge. I mean, yeah, and like I think obviously Nelson was a home run. We both like uh, Brandon Smith and, a lot. Yeah, and Chemico Ture, we were both big fans of. Yeah. I loved his, I loved his, and class like last I didn't year. like Ty, Taekwon Lewis uh, as a second round pick, but the fit ended up being so perfect because they love yeah. the inside outside yeah. ability on the D line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So I got to give, I think I got to give Ballard the benefit of the doubt. But. I won't give that plus, Rob. I'm sorry. Hey, you got to respect that he traded out and acquired more picks like your boy John Schneider, though. I do. I do. Uh, okay, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kind of a similar type of first-round pick this year is to last year where they took a, a defensive lineman who slid, even though it wasn't the biggest need. Yep. And uh, Josh yeah, Allen. Yeah, seventh of <laughs> what? No, I was just saying that's who it was. Yeah, it was got him there, but you keep interrupting me. Uh, seventh overall, they yeah they get Kentucky linebacker edge Josh Allen, and um, a guy who some thought could be a top three pick, uh, mm-hmm. and a really great fit in Jacksonville. It's even more interesting with Tubman Smith sitting the year, 
that he could be playing off-ball linebacker. And they have him listed there, and he's wearing 41, which is technically a linebacker number. Uh, so yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they used him. But slam dunk in terms of fit and uh, position value. And value, yeah, for sure. Um, again, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see with Telvin Smith being out. I guess Telvin Smith being out, not like they knew, but it makes this pick look better. better even better. Because, like, also yeah, Yannick Ngakwe is a free agent after the year, so you don't know if they're going to want to pay him. Yeah. And Calais Campbell's up there in yep. age. So he's kind of filling multiple roles of need right now, I guess. It's, I would say. Exactly. It's just wherever wherever you kind of need him in those three spots, he can slide and right he, in, which he's is not one of huge. these guys who we bullshitly call an outside linebacker in college in a 3-4. Like, he legit played an outside linebacker role at times, like what Anthony yeah. Barr does in Minnesota, where he'll drop in coverage, and he was quite good in coverage. Mm-hmm. So I think his, his use will be really interesting and definitely uh, could end up one of the more fun defensive rookies. Um, in the second round, they For took sure. another guy who slid. 35th overall, they got Florida tackle Juwan Taylor, who we both thought was – I think – did you also have a first-round grade on him? Uh, yeah, I did, and I would have been fine with him taking him at me, seven. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and they got him so. 35th, and obviously that was because of injury knee concerns. Um, and he should plug right in and be their starting right tackle from day one, and kind of can. Compl- I, uh, yeah, go ahead. he kind of completes their O line with uh, mm-hmm. him and Cam Robinson at tackle, um, Andrew yep. Norwell and uh, what's his name, AJ Can at guard, and then Brandon Linder at center. Linder at center. It yeah. gives him a strong offensive line in front of Nick Foles, or a stronger at least offensive line in front of Nick Foles, and obviously Foles comes from a strong offensive line group in Philly. Yeah, I agree. I think Taylor's plug-and-play at the right tackle spot. I think he's a great fit with just kind of their power run mean scheme. Like, they're kind of trying to build, like, a meaner offensive line. Obviously, like, they started with the Cam Robinson pick, right? And, uh, yeah. Like, it's just, I guess Can's the weakest spot, but... Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, but, yeah, Juwan Taylor gives them an attitude guy who's going to be there at right tackle as long yeah. as he's healthy for a decade, in my opinion. And potential Pro Bowl type ability. Like, like I said, he was, like, the 14th player on my board. Mm-hmm. Um, third round though they reached big in my opinion they went tight end yeah. from San Jose State Josh Oliver who's a pure athletic yeah. upside guy he's got size that we know they love their tight ends but he's just he's not the guy I bet on there especially like I was talking about Kahali Waring earlier and he's a guy who I thought would have been a perfect fit as their inline guy and they go with Josh Oliver who just reminds me a lot of when Tyler Higby came out where you're just betting on this upside that didn't like really come together at a group of five school so why is it going to come together now and like betting on those guys on day two is too bold for me i uh completely agree especially like it's early third round way too high for him like i if you're betting like late fourth and maybe um sternberger was still on the board if you like and like you said yeah and sternberger is a a better version of what josh oliver did at san jose state but exactly Exactly. Yeah, so yeah. I, that's what I don't get. And like you said, and then warring if you want the more true inline guy who can block made more sense too. And Dawson Knox goes thirty picks later. Like, yeah, da- Dawson Knox yeah, is I, both. Exactly. This I, I hate this pick to be honest. But. Uh, and then their other third round pick, Murray State linebacker Quincy Williams, uh, Quinn and Williams' older brother, who was like another mm-hmm. kind of whoa out of nowhere one. Uh, it, it's yes. I, it makes more sense now knowing. The Telvin Smith thing, like maybe they ha- they knew yeah. something about that because Quincy Williams is um, similar in that 
freaky athlete, lacks some size. He's yeah. really thick though. He's let's have five eleven two thirty nine. Eighty eighty one inch wingspan too. Yeah. Like which I didn't know. Yeah, he he's I, interesting. Yeah, like that's interesting. I like this pick. I know it was shocking at the time, like I hadn't watched him or anything. Um but like after studying up on him a bit, I like this pick a lot more in the third round than the Josh Oliver one. And I th- I find it <laughs> yeah. a lot more interesting. I, I I do too. I want to see Quincy Williams on the field. And he 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 effed people up at Murray State. And like the athleticism, like you mentioned, the arm length. He's an interesting guy. He yeah. seems like he's at minimum he's gonna be fun on special teams as a young player. Uh and they're yeah, gonna, I'm I think, thinking they hope to develop him into a starting outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think that's the idea. Um I, I wonder if the the true idea going forward would end up being like because I don't like it's hard to bet on Telvin Smith going forward with what that he's sitting out. You're like not like shitting on him or anything. It's just it's hard to yeah. Bet. No, you definitely need a contingency plan. Yeah, and, and I'm wondering if that is Quincy Williams, um, Miles Jack, obviously a middle linebacker, and then Josh Allen in like a hybrid Sam Edge role. It'd be interesting. Uh, and I, then the I fourth, think that could be. A they plan. didn't have a fourth round pick. Fifth round, uh, you're running back from Temple, yeah. Rick Will Armstead. I love Raquel Armstead. I, I good value. Good, I think. good value. Good fit for what Great we think fit. they're trying to do. Yeah. I I completely agree. In, in between the tackles, uh, really good. Right Leonard that. Fournette insurance. Like a, like good Leonard Fournette insurance. I think immediate. You're running back too, and good one. Um, He's an upgrade. I think running like back too from what you've had. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think better. You can develop with the passing game too, um, which Foles does a bit. Uh, thrown to his backs at uh, Fournette, yeah, right. Um, I think I think I love the fit. Like I love the player, love the fit. I think that's a and I'm cool pick. with it in the fifth round for sure. Yeah, especially when you've got Fournette who's dealt with injuries and off-field drama in terms of like clashing with the front office and whatnot. Yeah, as a Leonard Fournette fantasy uh, dynasty owner, can you finally get a, a handcuff I like, Rob. I'm happy. And then sixth round to make the best QB room in the in the country. Washington State QB Gardner Minshew. I I'm I like, like this pick. I think Minshew's a guy who, to me, is a Colt McCoy type of backup. He's going to be a backup for a long time. Really smart guy who was going to go into coaching. Uh, has some athletic upside. S- like, s- smart, accurate passer who can, like, spot mm-hmm. start when you need to. And him and Foles are comical-looking duo. <laughs> My only issue is he might be the best coach on the staff right now. Even better. Him and Foles call the plays. Him and <laughs> Foles and Tanner Lee. And Alex Magoo. Name a better QB room. It's amazing. I mean, he's going to be doing the coaching to Scott Milanovic. I'm telling you that right now. But I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited for that QB uh, room, baby. Put them on hard like, on the field the that QB room. <laughs> on the field, I wasn't like a, the, the hugest Gardner Minshew fan. But in the sixth round, good career backup. I like that. And then seventh round, 235th. Uh, Auburn nose tackled yeah. Dontavious Russell. I, I I'm not a huge fan of him, but like he he probably ends up on the practice squad just because the depth they have at D line. But yeah, the yeah. practice squad nose tackle. It's whatever. I give him a B plus. I give him a B plus too. Okay, finally in the AFC South, the Tennessee Titans, who want to bang for their buck in last year's draft, and I'd say this year's draft. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Uh, they started and nineteenth uh, overall, they took Mississippi State defensive tackle Jeffrey Simmons. Who's gonna miss the whole, whole year with a torn ACL? Uh, but he's a top five player for me, so I thought definitely worth the value at nineteen. And a guy I would have bet on yep. there. Oh yeah, me too. I think also just a great fit. 
a good place for Jeffrey Simmons mm-hmm. to land. And a, and a guy like, who they it's not like they have the same D line group returning as last year, so it's not like yeah. they need him to contribute right away. It's a plan for the future to have a Fletcher Cox type player with Jarrell Casey on the same D line in the future. So yes. they they know how to handle playing without him, and then in year two for him, he just comes in and dominates. Is what I think. Could be the if it was the NBA, he could be the rookie of the year next year. Correct. Um, like I don't want to talk too much on him because he's not going to play. But really slam dunk pick. Fifty uh, first, they went with it. We all kind of knew they needed another receiver with Corey Davis and Adam mm-hmm. Humphreys, um, and they go with AJ Brown from Ole Miss. I think it's a safe pick. Uh, yeah, I agree. The, with him and Humphreys, it's going to be who's going to be hum, – Humphreys played a slot mainly in Tampa and like kind of lined up all of you. Yeah. Played him at, like out of the backfield even too. Um, it'll be dependent on who ends up as the true slot and who's out on the outside more. I think Humphreys probably ends up the true slot and they're hoping A.J. Brown can I, play on the outside. I think that's the, the idea for sure. And – Obviously, bigger, bigger dude too, right? So. I just, I hope this all helps Corey Davis develop. Yeah. Um, Humphreys is a really great route runner. He's going to dominate in the slot, I think. Brown's like a power forward at receiver, a Quincy Noonwan type guy. Um, just get the ball in his hands. He can work uh, big yardage after the catch. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be really dependent on how he develops as an outside guy. But I've, yeah. I, I think it's a fine pick. I don't think it's a like a slam dunk, especially with some of the other guys on the board. But I'm just glad they attacked yeah. uh, the receiver position. This was I had him like 58th on my board or something. So I think that I think that's fair. Um, I would have liked like a, like a more defined like a speedster guy. But like there wasn't. I don't know. Like who who would you have done in, differently? Yeah, I know it's tough. Be- because like Davis is in the cut of a true wide receiver. One Humphreys is that true slot route runner, and then yeah, yeah you would ideally want a. I mean. Not that they should t- should have taken Hollywood Brown nineteenth because I wouldn't have, but like that type of player to like fully complete your trio. I mean, it could have been DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I truly would have done. But but I'll, yeah, like Michael Hardman, I I I take Brown over him in the like same in the in Tennessee, uh, Paris. I'd like Brown. Brown, Brown mm-hmm. also fits what I think Mike Vrabel probably loves in a football player too. I agree. So I yeah. think fit matters a lot uh, in terms of like with the high character locker room guy. Um, no, yeah. but I I'm just glad they went after the receiver position early, uh, and then they kind of we talked about them potentially going interior line in the first round. They went 82nd mm-hmm. Charlotte guard Nate Davis. I think it's a high upside guy uh, who can yep. if you fix some stuff with his stance could be a really good player. Uh, I agree. Yeah, probably ends up their starting right guard from day one. Yeah, it's. I think so too. Looking at the group, uh, Saffold he played left guard. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, and then uh, and Ben Jones at center. Yeah, probably Nate Davis right guard. I agree. And then you um, draft Creed Humphrey next year. Ben Jones <laughs> yeah. free agent. I think, but yeah, and, I think like yeah. where they got him is a good value too. I could have seen him get gone a little higher to be honest. He, he had a really interesting Senior Bowl week. Um, mm-hmm. Really mean run run blocker too. I think he fits the vibe yeah. of that O line room. I agree. Uh, I think and then fourth point. round, Iowa DB Imani Hooker, who I I love in the same way as when they took um, last year. They they took our, our guy I'm, Dane Crookshank in the fifth round. Yeah, and uh, I love yeah, Crookshank. same vibe as in like he can play safety, he can play nickel. 
really physical, smart football player. Uh, I'm really excited for this pick. I think he can be a Desmond King type of nickel for them. How, how like do you think he's going to start at nickel? Like uh I think he could start at nickel or strong my... safety. I do think he's yeah. going to start. I don't know where. Um he mm. also they could go matchup-y. Like I know they brought Kenny Vaccaro back. He kind of does yeah. similar things to Kenny Vaccaro, um but better. Yeah. Uh and, and it, they could go matchup-y with their DBs because they have some short corners. But I think he'll, he'll, he'll have like a some... big role. It's a versatile, versatile group too. Like Crookshanks versatile, like you said. Hooker, obviously. Kvac. Um, I don't know. I'm. I think I'm the only one that calls him Kvac. I've never heard anyone say uh, that before. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, like, yeah, the shorter corners. I think like that's that's a flexible, good group. I think like that is starting to come together. Uh, and then fifth round, Georgia edge DeAndre Walker. It's funny. His his comp yeah. for me was Derek Morgan, who they uh, just let walk in free agency. Um, yeah, I think he could be a, a strong uh, edge player depth wise to Wake and um, Harold Landry, and Harold gives them Landry. a guy who's yeah. just going to defend the run and not going to add a ton as a pass rusher, but could be a good base run defender for them and just work into the rotation. A spot, a spot that they could use the depth too. So. Mm-hmm. And then sixth round, super athletic West Virginia linebacker David Long, another guy who I don't think he'll have to play much because they have Jayon Brown no. and uh, Wesley Woodard and Rashawn Evans. And, yep. But, like, he's going to provide athleticism on special teams and depth as a developmental oh. player. I thought it was a solid pick. Me too. I agree. I'm excited for the Jayon Brown and Sean Evans linebacker duo, though. <laughs> um, and then I end up giving them an A-. minus. I also gave them an A-. minus. I think it's a really good haul. Like, it's – I guess, honestly, A.J. Brown might be my least favorite pick. It's not but a bad like, it's pick. Not a ba- it's not a bad pick, no. It's two years in a row I think I've given them an A-. minus. John Robinson's, a, I think, a good talent evaluator and acquirer. They just need the coaching staff and mainly yeah. the OC and Marcus Mariota to put it together. And just some consistency there. Right? Just need offensive identity. Yeah, identity and consistency for sure. And you know what? My bookie agrees. And since we started this show, I get asked all sorts of questions about who to bet on and who to bet with. I don't always know who's going to win, but I do know where to go. The answer is my bookie. Between their live, in-game betting, endless props, and fantasy sports wagers, there's something for everyone. With the best player perks in the sportsbook business, they've been good to us and we know they'll be good to you. They're hooking our listeners up all month. Visit mybookie.ag and use promo code HEAVEN when creating your account to claim your 50% bonus. Laying down $100, you've now got an extra $50 in play. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G, promo code heaven. You play, you win, you get paid, my bucky. NFC South time. Kicking off with the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> yeah. Who had a very unexciting draft. Well, I guess <laughs> yeah. exciting in terms of shock value. That's true. Uh, 14th overall, first round, they go with Boston College guard Chris Lindstrom. Um, they they clearly yeah. went in this offseason saying we need to fix our offensive line. I respect that. And I think Chris Lindstrom, although a little rich for me, I think he's going to probably, like, I think he could be a Pro Bowl guard. I 100% agree. Liked him more in, like, the early second round. But he's a really, really good football player, and I agree. He could easily be a Pro Bowl guard. And quietly very athletic. 
He yes, for sure. Very quietly. Like to to me, he's already their best guard on the roster. I agree. And basically, my my problem is they paid Jamon Brown, James Carpenter, and Tyson Brello, and then drafted (laughs) Chris Lindstrom fourteenth. I know. So it's just like you kind of threw money at these other guys. I so I don't know. That that that's my only qualm with it. Otherwise, I thought like it's a good fit at their biggest need and a Pro Bowl potential player. Exactly. I agree. And then they traded back in the first round through anything I previously thought that was good away by taking Washington tackle killed McGarry. Who again they, yeah. they take uh, they take a guy on the offensive line, biggest need, but they also threw all this money at these other guys who aren't very good in my opinion. Then way over Jack McGarry, who to me wasn't uh, a top like eighty player. I think I had him a hundred and one or something. I think that's like where he should have went. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I don't like this pick very much. Big reach for me as well. Uh I don't know. I don't know, Rob. And, uh, like, I don't... Like, why did they pay Tyson Brillo, who's also not very good? It's, why would anyone pay Tyson Brillo? No offense, like, Ty. And McGarry, to me, is not ready to play, so I guess that's why they paid him. Should they put free agency after the draft? I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I think... No. I feel like the NFLPA would never want that, but like it would make like GMs would want yeah, that. Yeah, probably. It'd be yeah. it'd be weird. It'd be bad for yeah, it'd be bad for the players though. Um yes, and then yeah. basically the rest of the draft was what we've seen uh Thomas Dimitrov and Scott Pioli, who's now officially stepped yep. down as assistant GM. Interesting maybe because he hates yep. this draft class. Uh just <laughs> bet on athleticism over other things yeah. size and athleticism in the fourth round they go Ohio State corner Kendall Sheffield who tore his peck at the combine who's a guy who had hype forever but never truly lived up to it at Ohio State I know like how do you yeah. not torn his peck I think I would have been okay with him in the fifth round I think yeah. I had him more as a sixth seventh guy uh, and they took him Me in the too. fourth round yeah don't love this uh like you said though classic Dimitrov and but like the funny, th- like the funny thing is, I usually come away after the Falcons draft saying I wish that's what the Seahawks would have done, but not this year. So and then their other fourth round pick, Charleston State defensive lineman John Kaminsky, who was destroyed at the Senior Bowl, who's like a pure <laughs> height, weight, developmental defensive lineman who I wouldn't have taken until like yeah. the seventh round. Me neither. I, I feel like anyone who watched the Senior Bowl. Like just doesn't like him. Yeah, he was put on like he stood out as the worst. Of, like I don't want to be mean, but he was just getting put on his back. It felt like every rep. Yeah, I, I like I don't know if you want a rep, maybe one or two, but yeah, on his ass so like, much. Like he's a guy who I thought would need to practice squad and long time to yeah. develop to be anything. To, yeah. And at least you get the athletic upside there, but still. Um, then agree, fifth yeah. round, one hundred fifty second, they go with a running back. The Obviously lost Tevin Coleman, wanted some size at running back. Pittsburgh running back, Quadri Allison. A guy I thought this was two rounds too early. Better running mm-hmm. backs on the board. Better running backs for that powerful role. I, he's not, yeah. He isn't athletic. That's why it kind of surprised me. I don't, I don't like this pick at all. And like, oh, that's interesting. What's that? I'll tell you in a second. But um, I th- Olison. I think I know what you're going to say. Olison, yeah. like... I, I just I didn't even think he was the best running back on Pittsburgh. Like I like Darren Hall. No, I think Darren Hall was a better yeah. player. And like when you see Divino Zigbo go, yeah, exactly. Who just does this? What Olsen does way better and tested way better. 
And wait, yeah, exactly. Uh, other fifth round pick, Jordan Miller from Washington. I actually like this pick. I, yeah, me too. I kind of like this. Uh, one. I like his um, size. He's a guy who played really well before getting injured about like a year yeah. and a half ago, and he started to come on yeah. late at Washington this year. Uh, his, his length is interesting as a developmental corner. Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that one. I wouldn't say. And then UL Monroe receiver, maybe not Marcus Green because they list him as a running back. Yep, I saw. And he's wearing 43. That's a Darren Sproles number. That, yeah, I think. This this Marcus Green pick uh, more interesting to me now that they listen. Me too. Back I, I like him because when when I was watching him, he does the, like the the Falcons have been known to like these guys who are gadgety, like Taylor gadgety, Gabriel, yeah. Russell Gage last year. Um, Marcus mm-hmm. Green's the same idea from UL Monroe, and if they're playing at running back as like a pass catching running back, that's very interesting to me. He's explosive. I agree. Yeah, and played a little bit of running back at ULM, or at least lined up in the backfield and did some of that stuff. I think as a gadget guy, this is yeah. interesting. Tested pretty well. I like uh, this. This uh, it helped this. Like yeah, th- he, this he's the most. He's the most me. intriguing pick they have. <laughs> Lynchum's the best pick because their second best is Marcus Green. Stamp that down. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> That's the thing. Edo Smith is a, is a, is a god. So but I, I mean, Edo's the true RB too. Like Marcus Green's a gadget boy. He's gonna return punts. Yeah, maybe like. Yeah, he's a good return guy. Um, maybe like instead of having Taylor Gabriel, you have Russell Gage and Marcus Green. You know, what and, I mean? and uh, yeah. they, he fits the role of they don't like running backs who are over five ten. It's short running back, other than Quadra Allison. Uh, I give him. A, oh, Tony Brooks James there too. I, I give like. him a seat. That's kind of fun. What? Sorry, I said Tony Brooks James is there too. That's kind of fun. Okay, I give him a C plus. I gave him a solid C, but the market screen, I don't know. I kind of talked it into it. I'm going to stick with the C. Okay, Carolina Panthers time. Um, kind of shocking, but AJ did call it, so not for AJ. AJ sat back and knew their first-round pick weeks before. Florida State had Drescher Brian Burns, a fan favorite of ours. Great pick. Yeah, great pick. Uh, a guy who um, I had, I think, six overall on my board. I was worried the NFL wouldn't love him, but they still love him enough to go in the first round. Um Love his athleticism. Love his explosiveness. Multiple pass rush moves. Bendy as hell around the edge. Just yeah. kind of the edge that they haven't had since Julius Peppers' first stint in Carolina. I know. It like, feels like Charles Johnson was a really good football player, but Brian Burns has way more upside than what Charles Johnson brought to the table when he was there. I agree. Brian uh, Burns is so good at like the little nuance stuff, like making himself small and like just nasty just getting spin to the move. He just he he's an instinctual pass rusher where. If the first move doesn't work, he knows what counter move to, to pull off next, and it's just beautiful to watch. Yeah, he's I think yep. got a chance to be a consistent double digit sack guy for a while. I agree, and like their edge group, like they, it got a lot more solid it this did. offseason. It I think. And then thirty seventh, they found they addressed the O line, but it was not a pick I loved with Ole Miss's Greg Little, mm-hmm. a guy I think's better suited for right tackle, and they have Taylor Moten, who I think is going to be one of the best yeah. right tackles in the league. They have Darrell Williams. Who before getting injured was a very good right tackle. So I'm worried they're gonna try and force Greg Little be their left tackle. And this was still around too early probably for me. Yeah, like I would have been okay with him in the late second, early third, but I'm not surprised he, he me, got a little Me neither, and I appreciate that they're addressing the O line need. It's just I yeah. I think he's a better as a right tackle and a a guy who he's so sloppy technically and you worry about him in pass pro and you hope he doesn't have to play yeah. right away. Yeah, I, 
I don't think he will, no. though. Hopefully. Uh, and then 100th in the third round, when they could have got a guy who could actually contribute uh, to a potential playoff team. They draft West Virginia QB Will Greer three rounds too early because he's played high school football in Carolina. Yeah, I don't like this pick. <laughs> I don't like it because uh, Kyle Allen showed some things. Tyler Hineke showed some, showed some things. Like, obviously you don't want either of them to have to play much if Cam gets hurt. But go get a real vet then. Those are both young guys. Like, I'm not feeling like my world is saved if Cam goes down and I've got Will Greer going in. He's a case... This pick could have been Hakeem Butler. Yeah, exactly. Probably. And Greer's a Case Keenum type of guy. Go get Cam a true big wide receiver on the outside to compliment uh, uh, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel instead of getting a See, backup QB. Yeah. Backup quarterback was a position of need for the Panthers, but not spending a 100th pick on it. I agree. And go not get a this guy. guy. And no, and I, I agree. And, like, I don't know. I, Kyle Allen's got more upside than Will Greer there. I said it. Learned that one from Jordan Palmer. <laughs> I mean, like, this is, like, the range where I expected Greer to go, like, between 90 and 115-ish, I guess. But uh, not the right team, I don't think. And, yeah. Uh, and then the fourth. That's a bad pick. And then the fourth round, they took Alabama edge slash linebacker. Uh, Christian Miller, who I love this pick, a guy who I think we both too. saw potentially being a second-round pick, if not for the injury history. Yep. Yep. Uh, at Alabama, he rushed the passer at a high level, really strong with his hands, explosive guy, got really great bend. Can also drop in coverage, and he did that at Alabama. I think he could be fighting for the starting strong side linebacker spot on this defense. Like, it, Yeah, if, if Miller stays healthy, this is a great pick, yeah, in like, my opinion. Yeah, Keekley's your middle linebacker, obviously. Shaq Thompson's your weak side. And I, they, they yeah. kind of have a hole at, as a real Sam role, and Christian Miller fits it really well. Yeah, I'm excited I agree. to see him and Burns, two of my favorite defensive prospects, and then both landed here. Uh, and then the fifth yeah. round, they took Florida way, 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 way too early. Florida running back, Jordan Scarlett. It, was, yeah. it just comes back to I, your Ozigbo point. And, like, they signed yeah. Elijah Holyfield undrafted, and I know he tested horribly, but he's a guy I thought was a better player on tape than Scarlett. And, like, the similar similar idea, and I think Holyfield was better. Yes. At and, like, it's not like Scarlett tested all that well or anything. No. So, no, really. I, I hated this pick. I thought it just didn't make much sense. And, again, I think Holyfield's like, a better player. Yeah. If this pick was in the seventh and Holyfield was gone, I'd be cool with it. But they ended up with Elijah Holyfield. Yeah. So, so it's okay. But, like, draft Ozigbo in the seventh yeah. round, man. Who yeah. I think Ozigbo was the perfect compliment to Christian McCaffrey in that backfield. And now he gets to be the perfect yeah. compliment to Alvin Kamara. Uh, and then yeah, sixth round, so South Carolina tackled Dennis Daly. I thought pretty I like pretty damn pick. good value here. A guy who provides depth, swing tackle, can yep. kick inside. I think he could like, play inside, start inside if you had to. I think he's he definitely potential to be a starter down the road. This was a very strong sixth round pick. It, oh, really? Very, very much so. Especially compared to like the other tackles we've seen go so much higher. Mm-hmm. I think Dennis Daly's like, like, how far off is Dennis Daly from Max Sharping? Really? I had Dennis Daly above Max Sharping. Exactly, I did too. So. Uh, and then I like Dennis Daly. Then in the seventh yeah. round, Georgia receiver Terry Godwin. Uh, I, I oh, like I the Ranger guy who who played yeah. really well at the East West Shrine game. Really solid route runner. Um, and played in big games at Georgia. I, I like that in the seventh round. Me too. Uh, I ended up giving them a B. The Greer and Scarlet picks really sucked. The Greg Little no. pick I didn't love. Burns and Miller really saved it, but I couldn't go above it because the Greg Little and Will Greer's 
picks. I I have the exact same feeling. I I gave them a B as well. It's just, yeah, Scarlet. But I mean, fifth round. But the Greer pick is bad. I don't know. I give them All a right. B. On to the New Orleans Saints, who didn't have uh, any big early picks or anything, but they made a big trade to mm-hmm. move up to forty eighth and take Texas A and M center Eric McCoy, who they gave up a lot Couldn't to play. get him. But he's gonna did, he's yeah. gonna be their starting center with Pro Bowl capabilities. Replaces Max Unger, and you're feeling really good about their O line once again. When you were slightly worried with the Max Unger retirement. See this this trade up makes made more sense than the Davenport trade up. Yeah, no, I agree. Because <laughs> you're because you you lost Unger obviously to retirement. Unger was a big piece of the, of the offensive line, Pro Bowl guy. You go out, you trade up, you make sure you get your center for the next ten. My years. only thing with it is they just signed Nick Easton. I know, is, but like, and, and but then to me, all that does is like. It kind of provides you insurance on the interior. And, yeah. like, Andres mm-hmm. Pete's been a little up and down. I know he's a free agent after the season. Yeah. He made the Pro Bowl last year. Well, I don't know. Okay. No, I, okay, I know then. Happened, okay. Uh, but now you've got a guy with McCoy who him and Ramchek give you two really young, talented, yep. athletic offensive women. I'm a big Eric McCoy guy. Uh, and this is, like, right perfect uh, value for him. And perfect team. Yeah, and it's not like Ar- Armstead's not too old. I know some injuries. And yeah, like Larry Warford's not too old. Like they have. No. I mean, hey, Andres Pete made a Pro Bowl. So that means, to me, all five of their line, offense, starting offensive linemen have Pro Bowl capability. Because Andres, P- Andres Pete doesn't, but he made one, so he does. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, you're just building to compete with Drew Brees, and that's exactly what they needed. Uh, and then it's, yep. it, that looks even better. Like the, it's almost justified that big trade up. Because fourth round, they yeah. get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, the Florida DB. Uh, borderline first-round guy, or first-round guy for both. Yeah, like he was so. a top-30 player. Didn't have a first-round grade, but top-30 player. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, he's he's the do-it-all guy on this defense, man. He play nickel, play safety. And, and their, second, their secondary had, has some questions outside of uh, Marshall and Lattimore. And, 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 for sure. And Marcus Williams. But, Marcus Williams. And yeah, Chauncey yeah. Gardner-Johnson can fill a role as your... Uh, as your starting nickel, or he can be your starting strong safety. Exactly. I mean, and like it's just been such a muddy secondary outside of those two guys for a while. I and mean, Marcus Williams still a really young player. And, obviously and they like using too, three safeties. They did it with Kirk Coleman a lot, and like yeah. now they can do it with uh, Williams, Von Bell, and Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Chauncey Gardner. Or it's a great pick. It's yeah, great and pick. it provides insurance with Patrick Robinson coming back off the injury. It just mm-hmm. makes you feel a lot better about their secondary. Absolutely, just he just solidifies like almost every spot. And he he's so talented. He felt because of like some immaturity stuff, but I don't know. That's a pretty strong locker room to go into. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and then they didn't pick again to the sixth round. They took Rutgers safety Saquon Hampton, who I, another guy who I, I think big special teams upside. He uh, physical yep. player um, can play either safety spot really. And just a good fit in there when they're going with three safeties. He provide depth uh, at multiple spots. I like this pick a lot. I yeah, I agree. Team captain, captain, th- captain, like the crunch, captain. That uh, was not funny. Uh, I was I, laughing at it to yourself. Because I'm laughing because I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, very good special teamer. I agree. Uh, six. I don't know in the sixth round. I think this is a good pick. And then seventh round, Notre Dame tight end Elise Mack. Who I, I wasn't like a massive fan of or anything, but I think good fit with the, the athleticism that late. Like yeah. as I, I like some, this pick. Some uh, 
tight end three insurance. Uh, I like it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you end up on your Me practice too. squad and you can develop him, but I can see uh, Sean Payton having some fun with him. Yeah. And then one of my guys, Idaho linebacker Caden Ellis, with their final pick. A guy I think is just going to be a dominator on special teams. <laughs> What'd you give him? I give him an A-. Give him a, a B plus. Like, they did so really well with so little, but... Okay, the moment AJ's been waiting, what? A couple, three, four, five weeks, Years. months... For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And not even their first round pick, but just their their day two picks. That's all AJ's been trying to talk about. And their kicker. Um, but <laughs> this is arguably AJ's perfect draft. Tampa Bay Buccaneers start the day. Unsurprising. So LSU linebacker, yeah. Devin White, fifth overall. Nobody's surprised. We knew this the, was coming. The worst kept secret. Yeah, know? and like, it was early for me. I don't think he's the same type of player Roquan Smith is. Roquan Smith went three picks later than that in the previous year. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be a good fit and pro- provides tons of athleticism outside of a position of need. And you, you know what I do like about it, though, is like just the dog yeah. on the defense. And like Gerald McCoy's gone. I, I, him and Levante David as your inside linebacker is like on a top bulls yeah. D. I'm excited for that. So I thought Devin White was more of a mid to late first round pick but the fits there it's the same thing as the Devin Bush thing with Pittsburgh who is yeah. like one of the best fits in the entire draft in my opinion um, I just not huge on taking an off ball linebacker super early meaning unless they're like special. yeah meaning yeah, top 10 unless they're like a freak like a Roquan Smith a Luke Keekley like that type of thing but like you, you're getting guys who are really great fits who are going to provide big time leadership on a team who needs it um, and great athletes, which is nice yeah, too. big upside in, in because yeah. of that. So, although it's early, I like I I get why. No, me too. I'm like looking at this whole group. That's not the pick. I'm exactly, 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 uh, exactly. 39th overall, second round. Central Michigan, Sean Bunting. Yeah. Central Michigan corner, Sean Bunting. Um, who yeah. I thought at the time I was like, yeah, bit early, bit early. Like the fit, physical, athletic. <laughs> Going to be a really interesting press corner for them. Um, can see Todd Bowles kind of like, this is my guy. This Get me this DB. Just just yeah. this DB. Let me develop him. <laughs> Late riser in the in the process, too. And like, yeah, so, like, I, 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 okay. I got that. And, like, also now hearing, like, it sounds like Bruce Arians hates Vernon Hargraves. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to yeah. see Vernon Hargraves traded before the season, especially with how many DBs they drafted. Right. Um for like Sean Bunting, you could see he's playing some serious snaps as a rookie for them, yeah. uh, and being just Todd Bowles' boy. And then third round, ninety fourth, they're like, "Fuck it, let's do, uh, let's go corner again. Let's go Auburn corner Jamil Dean, mm-hmm. who's a guy with serious injury history, but long, athletic, press type of guy. Uh, definitely interesting, but not with that injury history, not interesting this early, especially when you just want a similar guy. You went Carlton Davis at corner last year." It, they just keep throwing picks Tall at... Tall press corners? Like, yeah, and like... like well, DBs not, in like, general? High up. Yeah, like, and like none of them are sure things. Like, yeah. all these guys are like, okay, this is a bit of a project. He could be a good player. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's like, you know, even Hargreaves... I wasn't a huge Hargreaves fan coming To go top either, 10 at... That's like, yeah. Or I guess even 11th, but same thing. Yeah, almost near top ten. I just, yeah, 
I don't like it. And, and then 99th, they, like, fuck it, let's go DB again. This one we can pretend he's a safety a little bit, even though he, he mainly played nickel at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky yeah. DB Mike Edwards, who I was a big fan of, but I was totally cool with him going right around this range, like late third, early fourth. But This but, one was even earlier, too early but, for me. But, but yeah, to this ahead. team, with the players yeah. of, like, like, this is the same thing MJ Stewart and Jordan Whitehead, the guys, the DBs you took last year, they, both did. Like, MJ Stewart, you took 53rd overall last year. Massive And it's not like it's a different yes. GM. It's still Jason Light. Yeah, and, and like, exactly. If MJ Stewart's not your starting nickel, why'd you take him 53rd last year? I'm just, I don't fucking know, man. Like, what are they... This is so... I like the Whitehead pick in the fourth. I could have got around. It's kind of like the Mike Edwards one. But the Stewart one, terrible... Uh, like I don't even, I don't even, Edwards it's still a little early for Mike Edwards especially when you put in the context of the rest of what the fuck Jason that's what I doing. mean like I would have I think you could the Dean thing if it wasn't for the injury stuff I think you could justify him going that early it's just the context of their roster this team being the team yeah I think it was over over like the last four drafts they've drafted nine DBs in like the top 100 or something stupid like how about how about like if they package two of these picks, went up to thirty two and stole Byron? Yeah, you would feel so much better about it. And You're like, okay, Byron Murphy's a sure thing. He's a very good player, not the most, not the biggest athlete, but a and great. And now player. between like, Sean Bunting, Carlton Davis, Jamil Dean, uh, Mike Edwards, Justin Evans, Vernon Hargraves, um, MJ Stewart, and Jordan Whitehead, that's eight DBs. All it's so all much draft capital. Top one twenty. I don't trust like Justin Evans. I trust like, the most. The, yeah, Justin like, Evans, but he's got he's coming off an injury now. Uh, yeah, yeah. You've got injury flag with Dean as well. Um, Vernon Hargraves, you got an injury flag, and apparently head coach hates him, so you might have to trade him. And like, it's just such a mess of how you you. This is not how you build a football team or a secondary for that matter. And it's like Carlton Davis, Bunting, and Dean are all press projects. Who like I I yeah. like for I different like reasons, Davis last year. but not all on yeah, the same team. I don't know. I know. Also, is Sean Murphy bunting now? What's up with that? Swag. So we can call him SMB. You mean oh, Top Bulls? Okay, about, I'm, I'm yeah, add another name in there for a cool nickname. See, like I trust Todd Bowles, I guess. I mean, I do, but. It's, this just. Looks I mean, bad. their I their know. ideal situation is. I guess their starting DBs end up being. Uh, Mike Edwards at strong safety, Justin Evans at free safety, and just like by Jordan Whitehead, and then your corners end up being Bunting, and you trade Vernon Hargraves, and Start MJ Davis, Stewart's got to be your nickel then, I guess, and then I don't know Dean or Davis, and you're just happy one of them can start. If this pans out, they have a very strong secondary, but you know most of these guys and aren't going to pass. When you know they could have got. Like they just did, they didn't draft a fucking offensive lineman. Like that's where I, know. I don't know. Anyway, onto their picks that weren't DBs. Fourth round, Anthony Nelson, Iowa defensive lineman. I like this pick. I think he. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be interesting because they're going to that three four base. If he's gonna be standing up much, or if he'll play more of a five tech, they have him listed as an outside linebacker. I think. Yeah. I think I don't like. I think that. he'll ultimately. I mean, hey, I didn't understand why they cut Joe McCoy just to bring Nadema Kung Su in for too much money. I, what's the point? But hey, yeah. Su, Su's smart. That that guy's just trying to cash in. No state tax. Um, <laughs> he loves Florida. Um, 
Yeah, I love the Anthony Nelson pick. Seeing him listed as an OLB scares me because I think he'd be a great. Yeah, I think ultimately he'll play five tech and three man fronts and play a bit of edge mm-hmm. in four man fronts and just being in that rotation. They don't have a really true edge rusher though, so maybe he does end up as an edge because JPP's hurt, right? Yeah. Um. So that, that'll be interesting to track. Track. Uh, and then the fifth round, they draft a kicker, but it's Matt Gay from Utah. So AJ's happy, and I think drafting kickers makes no sense, especially for Jason Light. The Buccaneers should never draft kicker again. The I like you can't draft another kicker, even if it's Matt. And you're the you biggest Matt Gay it. fan there is. I am. I think I am the biggest Matt Gay fan in the world. But you can't draft another kicker if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because of what happened last time with I won't even say his name. Uh, and like. I don't even like drafting kickers. I don't like it. Like unless it's really, really late seventh, I, and even then, I prefer a punter. I don't know. I hope Matt Gay goes down to Tampa and kicks the doors off, but uh, I don't. know. Okay, and in the sixth round, they draft. I guess they're Adam Humphreys' replacement, Bowling Green receiver Scott Miller, who's yeah. like a really, really, really poor man's idea of a white slot receiver. I don't know how Scott Miller got drafted when some of these other receivers didn't. Like, like I watched Scott mm-hmm. Miller tape, and I was like, this is Dane Sandsenbacher-esque. Like, you didn't have to draft him. <laughs> no offense, Scott Miller. Like, I don't know. Okay. You drafted Justin <laughs> Watson last year in the fifth round to be your big slot type. Exactly. Like, why did you draft Scott Miller? Just draft a guard. You need a guard. Draft a tackle. You why? need a tackle. Why is Jason Light still employed? I don't know. They got a better uh, receiver on draft than Anthony Johnson from Buffalo. I know he's not a true yeah, slot, true. but like, I don't know, Chris Goblin's playing that bigger slot type of role anyway. You could have just ignored the receiver position. I think they need it, probably. Goblin, Mike Evans, and you just kind of have an empty hole. Yeah, I mean, Lodge is on the. Yeah, I know. Too. DeMarcus Lodge is way better. Like, DeMarcus Lodge is going to win their slot role, uh, their Adam Humphreys role over Scott Miller. I love DeMarcus Lodge. I would have taken him in the second round. I don't even care if that sounds crazy now that he went undrafted. I like I like how to take him in like the fourth, third round. Yeah, I like launch a lot. I don't. This is and then anyways the seventh round. Terry Beckner from Missouri, defensive lineman, rotational player. I this, this pick was very solid this late. I agree. God. I got no issue at all. With this I love pick. just talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers DB thing. We do a whole pod up about it probably. It's like you thought they're heading in the right direction because they got a really fun staff and a good staff, and you're like, this is going the right direction. Todd Bowles can take all these other picks like before the draft and fix them, and then just throw all those picks at these mediocre DBs. And like, I'm like, my god, Bruce Aaron's no, no dumb with Kinsuto. That's fun. <laughs> it is. I mean, why not just keep drilling? Hey, on, on the like, bright what, side, what? they didn't draft a running back, so like maybe they believe in Ronald Jones. So my fantasy team will really get it going <laughs> now. <laughs> they shouldn't please. Well, at least give him, give the kid a shot. But yeah, I mean, no, I bet they brought in Andre Ellington. We know Bruce Arians loves him. So Tampa's like the best city team for just having weird running backs, weird rosters in general. Yeah, I know. God, I know. We should be the GM there. Joint GM. I don't. You know what? I don't know if I want to clean up Fine. on this. And like me and Daniel Jeremiah will. Okay, there you go. All right. I give them a C plus. I don't know if we said that yet. No, we didn't. I, I gave them a C, and after talking about it, I kind of want to Yeah, me too, it, but, but I have to live and die by what I wrote my article, so. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it for us here at Seven Rounds in Heaven. You can follow us on Twitter at RobPaulNFL, at AJMarchese13, at Armchair 
NFL and at AC All Americans. Go to armchairallamericans.com. You can read uh, my 2020 way too early draft. I'm going to do my all steals team this week from this 2019 draft. Uh, yeah. Anything cool. else? Yeah. Uh, read Rob's stuff. That sounds fun. And get off the mound. <laughs>